people want to be seen and they want to be heard and they want to be valued. And if you proceed with that as your guiding force all the time, then your interactions with your employees or with your customers or with your coworkers changes exponentially. You're listening to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media, a podcast for professionals responsible for the safety and well-being of their employees. Each episode features an interview with a leader in employee safety to discuss how to protect your employees from a wide array of threats. From severe weather to a global pandemic, let's get into the show. Hello, and welcome to the Employee Safety Podcast, where we discuss insights and ideas for how to protect your most valuable asset, your people. I'm your host, Peter Steinfeld, and I'm joined today by Bonnie Canal. Bonnie is managing partner of the Resiliency Institute. Bonnie, how are you? I'm doing great today, Peter. How about yourself? Oh, doing really well. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Well, our focus today is why investing in people is good business. But before we begin, can you tell our listeners just a little bit about your background and career? Peter, I'd love to. And and I always taught, start this conversation with, with people understanding I spent the first part of my career in the IT sector. And I live in New Orleans, Louisiana. We had a little bit of wind, a little bit of rain, a little bit of water, otherwise known as Katrina. And, you know, we have what we call catastrophic failure at all levels. Everything failed at that point. And from my own perspective, I started on the quest and understanding why is this? I mean, don't we have, wasn't there a plan? And so as I moved through this, I discovered business continuity. I did not know it existed as such outside of the IT sector. And so that's really how I got interested in business continuity is, is a way to really take planning and making it real and tangible where it not only saves people's lives, but you work with businesses in, in order for them to be successful in what they do. So that's how I got here. Okay, fantastic. Thank you for that background. So let's get into it. There are a tremendous number of news stories lately about how the workforce is changing during the pandemic and how it will continue to evolve post-pandemic. Multiple studies have shown that many workers really don't want to return to a traditional work environment, and some are even quitting their jobs looking for new ones, or they're simply just not returning to the workforce at all. So do you think there's a disconnect between employers and employees in terms of what workers want and what organizations are willing to provide? Peter, I I really do. And I think it really comes down to the way in which we look about governing or managing our companies, right? Our companies are very top, top heavy, right? So you have a leadership person and then they support the people underneath. So you can actually draw linear lines and you do this and you do this and you do this. And, and that's really kind of been the way of it, uh, way of it since, you know, Ford, right? I mean, Ford kind of set this, this system up in a way that it works. And what we're seeing today and, and I think this has been not just because of COVID, but I think it's kind of been this movement towards the next generations as they come. Don't really want to do this. I mean, my parents, my parents were products of the 1950s. They were raised in a different way. I'm at the very end of the baby boom and I was raised in a different way. So my expectations of what my life would be is completely different than my children. And then of course, my grandchildren and what they want. And that hierarchy doesn't really work for the younger generation. What they really want is some freedom and flexibility in doing their jobs and being able to express themselves through their jobs. And so I think that management needs to really look at their employees in a different way and really kind of embrace this new way of doing business. And so to me, 
the idea is, is to allow people to really grow into your organization because uh, we are always as weak as our weakest link or as only as strong as our weakest link. And I think a lot of times in organizations, you're starting, especially younger organizations, and I mean, they're not that young anymore, but you look at that Facebook, you look at Twitter, you look at Google. I mean, I, I don't necessarily need to have Cornish hens every day for lunch, you know, and have a spa down the street, <laughs> or down, you know, on the third floor, whatever they do at, you know, these places, these campuses, Apple. But what I do want is to be appreciated. What I do want is to be valued. What I do want is to be heard or noticed. I mean, these are no things, this is the, what humans want out of life. And I think that's really where employers need to start thinking about our employees as people, mm. right? I mean, we're people. And so, it, it, you know, what, you miss the conversations around the, the water cooler, so to speak. You know, how are you doing? Uh, again, as, I, as everybody knows, you know, we just suffered through a Category 4 storm here in South Louisiana. And very quickly, it went back to how you made out which for us means how did you do during the storm? So it went very quickly back to caring about your neighbors and wanting to make sure that your neighbors had food or ice or water or a ride out if that's what they needed. All the other stuff went away in that instance, simply because we became humans again, not people of different faiths or different political persuasions or different colors or different ages. We became New Orleanians again. And that and that is, again, I think the same idea is within companies or within organizations, is that if you get that kind of engagement, right, you're getting people at their heart level. And that's really what you want, in, in my opinion, for, from an employee, you want you want their minds, right, because that's where the information lives. But their heart is what gives them passion to move forward mm. and to solve problems that are bigger than just the normal problems that we see, you know, in a day-to-day work day. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, you already alluded to it, but if you had to categorize it, what are some of the biggest challenges that leadership teams face as they really determine how to attract new talent and then how to retain employees post-pandemic? I think a lot of that, and it's the same thing I say in, in the work that we do, is a lack of imagination, a lack of creativity. Again, if we have to just check boxes, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, then what's going to happen is you miss the, the space in between the space, right? The, the tone and texture of a person, the tone and texture of what you're asking for. And too often, and I understand everything needs to be measured and I understand, I mean, I get it. But if you're, if you're going at a problem with checkboxes or you're going at a situation with checkboxes, then you're going to leave out to me where all the, all the color is, right? Because that's black and white. What about all the other colors that are out there? So to look at your situation's creativity with, with the creative mind, right? To be innovative, to constantly stay in front of situations. And I, I really think that's what COVID taught us was how much we have rested on our laurels. You, you know, disasters are getting more prevalent. They're getting worse. And what can we do to stop them, right? And so this idea we need to understand is that we really need to be creative in solving our problems. We need to stay in front of a situation. We need to look to our employees and work with our employees and try to help figure out how to solve these problems. Because again, if we don't ask, then we don't know. The idea is, is that again, people want to be seen and they want to be heard and they want to be valued. 
And if you proceed with that as your guiding force all the time, then your interactions with your employees or with your customers or with your coworkers changes exponentially. And understanding we all want the same thing. We all do. And we want a better life for our, for our family and our kids. Doesn't matter where you are. It's what we want as humans. Well, it's interesting what you say. It's, it's almost like the why behind people are doing what they have to do for work has become way more important for them to understand than ever before, especially if you're going to trust them to work from elsewhere and you want to engage their creativity and get their all. If you need me to measure up to some metrics or check some boxes, I'm not going to do it unless you help me understand why that's so important. And then maybe I'll say, got it. All right, let's do this. Or maybe I'll say, you know, maybe we could change it to this a little bit. And then you get a much better outcome. Exactly right. Part of that is because we do, as humans, right, we do take on what I do for a living or who I work for represents me now, right? So now I, now the organization that I want to work for or what I want to work with, I need to be proud of. And so not embarrassed that I work for them for whatever reason. Again, that has changed within my lifetime. Uh, from my parents' generation to my generation, now the young folks are more socially conscious and socially aware, obviously because of uh, all the social media. Mm -hmm. But uh, again, but for them, this really matters. And, and thus, it matters to me as well. Well, in your opinion then, how much should organizations leverage this workforce change to reinvent or shift their corporate culture? We've got to understand this is the way it is. And so we've already seen this change. And so the idea is, is how are we going to adapt and adjust to that? And do we allow it? And if we allow this change to move forward without us embracing it, what simply happens is we're going to fall behind. And we see this over and over and again. I mean, my favorite story is Sears Roebuck. I mean, Sears Roebuck, I mean, you used to be able to buy a house from Sears yeah, Roebuck, right? <laughs> They're gone. They, who was set up to be the first online multi-store ever was mm. Sears Roebuck. Yeah. They, if they could have turned on their ability to order things online, Sears Roebuck would be the Amazon of today. And it was simply because they did not embrace the change. Well, based on your experiences, how can a business continuity or safety leader, which is a lot of our listeners, right. help provide their employees with purpose and meaning that seems to be so lacking? You know, it, it's really funny. And I think about this a lot. And, you know, I was the national board chair for the Association of Continuity Professionals. I have to always give a plug out and a big shout out to that organization who continues after 40 some art years to do a great job representing business continuity professionals around the United States and the world. The one thing that I often heard about, the thing I always say to business continuity professionals and is our work matters, right? We know that. But, but part of what I, my passion has always been is the work that what, the work that we do saves people's lives. And I, you know, I hear this on and on and on. It's like, it's not like we're fire people. You know, it's not like we're the police folks. You know, we're not really out there saving lives. But the decisions that we make today really can affect the success or failure of our organization. And I know it's a long stretch to say, but again, if, if I was a business continuity professional for Sears, you know, guess what? I, I wouldn't be employed anymore, right? And so, <laughs> I mean, so you can look at this and say, by saving people's lives, it gives them an opportunity to work. It gives them an opportunity to support their family. It allows our organization to remain vital or to remain upright, right? To keep us in business. And the other thing I always like to say to business continuity professionals as a planner is that all plans fail, 
period. Yeah. I mean, they're going to fail. And so part of what we have to learn to do is what's going to happen when they do fail. And to be able to have our, not only ourselves, but the employees to be able to respond to that and not react to it. Because reacting, it, you know, who knows? You know, ah, you know, you don't want that. Right. So what you want are, are people that understand the situation and can respond in, in the appropriate way. Like, we know this, we've got this, I'm on this. And that, and as we, as we see, the stresses from businesses are getting greater and greater and greater. And the cost of failure is greater and greater and greater. Thus, the pressure on business continuity professionals is going up exponentially. And so we can't be perfect. But again, to be creative, as I always say, never allow your lack of creativity or imagination to stand in the way of the possibilities of what could happen. Mm. Right. So don't think, well, this could never happen. I mean, we've always known that a pandemic that the United States or the world was was afraid or was most vulnerable to a pandemic. But that was one of those that went to the side because, you know, we hadn't had one since the Spanish flu and not in the United States, you know, the you know, swine flu and mm-hmm. all of that. It, it wasn't as bad, you know, et cetera. I think for business continuity professionals, don't suffer from lack of imagination, understanding that with the work we do really, really matters. And to make sure you unplug at some point and give mm-hmm. back to yourself. I mean, I can't tell you how many I know that are, you know, stressed out beyond stressed out, but, you know, get outside, look, look at the, look at the sky, you know, put your feet in the, in the sand or in the dirt or whatever that is, take care of yourself because it, because you're going to be called upon soon enough. And the work that you've done, that you've done is going to, it's going to fail, but the more ready you are for that, the more prepared you are as a person, then the better off we'll all be. Well, bringing it back to your industry specifically, what would you say to someone in a business continuity or safety or other related role that views this as a tipping point, professionally speaking? What advice would you offer in terms of ensuring that they get the most out of their professional experience moving forward? I think I'm a big nut on volunteerism, right, is to kind of take their expertise out into the field. So you have experiences that small to medium-sized businesses need or want. You can work, volunteer very specifically. I know a lot of people don't want to volunteer and do what they do, but there is an opportunity working with your small business development centers, with universities, within your community to really kind of share your knowledge and do the things that I do with like Tulane University. I volunteer to do that. Mm. Is it talk to young people and offer them the opportunity to see what, what the next role can be or what they can do as they, as they move forward. Also looking for opportunities within their community. One of the biggest challenges that all communities face, whether small or large, it doesn't matter, is expertise. And part of the reason why I work on the public side and the private side is that a lot of times I am called in on the public sector side simply because of my expertise. Like, Bonnie, you know this stuff, you know, so when the city needed to update their community assisted evacuation plan for 2020, I wrote it. And so I looked at it and I rewrote the plan. I didn't get paid for doing this. And it was several months worth of work, but it was my honor and pleasure to write this plan for the city of New Orleans, understanding that this was to help our less affluent citizens be able to get out in case of a disaster. 
And that's something that, and, and people say, what do you know about evacuation? At the time, I didn't know really a whole heck of a lot, mm. you know, but what I did know was business continuity. What I yeah. did know was how to do business continuity, and that was applicable in a different way. So I, again, part of it is, is to be creative and looking for your skill sets and said, and, and what I always say is how may I serve? Yeah. Well, we like to end each episode by asking our guests to provide a useful tip or some kind of best practice that our listeners can take back to their organizations to make an immediate impact. So in your mind, what is one thing that our audience can do today to improve their corporate culture or employee engagement and satisfaction? I think the most important thing people can do is to want to do something right, is to commit to doing something. And I'd love to say you could do this or you could do that or you could do something else. You have to commit to whatever it is. And so again, I don't, I have a a thousand things that I could say that I could do today. And one of it is get up on time. You know, that's kind of the most important thing that I could say. But this idea is to commit and not quit, right? And I think that's really what it is. And so it's like, why are you doing this? What, you know, I, I ask myself this, not that you want to know this, but I ask myself this every night before I go to bed, who am I? Who am I? And part of that is, is it allows me the opportunity to understand who I was, right? And then who I wasn't. And then I need to go back to who I am. And I think that, and that commitment, right? And that's what I'm talking about is making the commitment to commit, right? And saying, I am going to commit to doing something and I'm gonna follow through with that come hell or high water. And part of that is, and I would encourage them, it's an internal commitment, right? Internally and externally, but I would tell them to commit to themselves what that is and own it. And then do that every single day and life changes around that. I mean, that's been my life lesson. Well, Bonnie, thank you so much for being on the show today. We really appreciate all of your time, expertise and advice. Oh, it's been truly, truly my pleasure. And I want I want you to have a great rest of your day. And again, I look forward to seeing you soon and talking with you really soon. So Likewise. thank you so much. Yeah, no, thank you. And if anyone listening has follow-up questions or wants to connect with you, what's the best way for them to find you out there? You could go to, I'm on LinkedIn under first name, last name, Bonnie Canal. My company is theresiliencyinstitute.com. I'm, you know, Twitter, you know, blah, 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 you know, all of that stuff. So again, you can find me if you just, usually if you just first name, Bonnie, last name, Canal, you can usually find me from there. Okay, fantastic. Well, thanks again for taking time to join us on the Employee Safety Podcast. And for the rest of you out there, remember, nothing ever goes 100% according to plan in an emergency, as we discussed. So communication is incredibly important. If you can't communicate, you can't recover. Until next time. Alert Media is changing the way your leaders and response teams connect and communicate effectively when seconds matter. We provide our customers with a comprehensive solution for monitoring threats around the world and deploying fast, effective emergency communication. You need a panic-proof solution for high-stakes moments. In just a few clicks, your team can send a multi-channel notification to an impacted group of people and confirm their safety immediately. When employee safety is at stake, don't just communicate. Connect and confirm with a robust emergency communication solution. Visit alertmedia.com for more information. You've been listening to the Employee Safety Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. 
If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give a quick rating of the show. Just tap the number of stars you think the podcast deserves. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.